Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. Now, let's join our host for today. Hello and welcome to the very special second edition of the Spurs News Podcast. You would have heard a little bit of difference on our intro there. That's because it's a World Cup special. I am Sam and like last week, I'm joined by my good friend Matt. How you doing, buddy? I'm very well, Sam. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm alright. I'm going through that um, English football fan thing. I don't know if you've got this as well or if it's just me, but... Basically, I don't really follow the internationals because they get on my nerves. We're rubbish. I get disenchanted. I generally get aggravated. And then the World Cup happens, and I'm now thinking football's coming home. Yeah, absolutely. I bought the sticker book and everything. <laughs> I have not gone that far, but thanks for admitting that. That's a man buying the sticker book. And, uh, hey. it's, for, it's, for my, it's for my son, allegedly. Don't try and say that. <laughs> You have the sticker, but bless you. <laughs> Look, Honestly, the thing is, couldn't be the... like it myself. But if you do have any swaps, let me know. <laughs> Did, yeah. do, you, do you know what? When you when you was a child and you and you had the sticker books, what was your yeah. ultimate fantasy when you were collecting stickers? Well, it was to fill the book. To, to buy, to, to I don't buy. Think I ever did it. No, but to buy the box and like so, as an adult, oh, yeah. A, yeah. with money, I can now go into the shop and buy a box, which is what I did, and it's almost completely filled it up. I I have no idea where to go with that. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, I, I the fact I think I'm not going to say anything, and I'm just going to let the people listening decide how they feel about that. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that agree with me. Do you know, one of my earliest footballing memories, right, is the Italian 90 World Cup. I don't know, it's probably my age. I think everyone's got their first World Cup that they really remember. Yeah. Now, I, I was around for the 86 World Cup, but, but I was still younger. So the Italian 90 for me was where it all kind of went crazy. Um, I remember there was this thing, and I'm, I, I am sure it was the Albus something or another, and it was this great big ring binder folder. And it had, not only was it like you could buy these cards, uh, with like player cards, but they were like information. And it was every week in like the magazine stores, you'd go in, you'd buy the next page. And it'd break down goals, it'd break down tactics. Now I've been Googling this for a couple of weeks to try and see if I could find what it was called. Cannot find it anywhere. And I'm starting to worry that I've made all this up in my head. Yeah. I but I, I wish I still had these folders because they were great. It like oh. broke down like the world's greatest goals and all sorts. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. insane. That's yeah, awesome. but I uh, I have no idea what it was called, and I'm gonna have to keep hunting. <laughs> but um, uh, so buddy, basically this is our second podcast. A big thank you to everyone for listening to the first one. Uh, we had some really nice feedback. Um, so thanks, mum. Um, and. Now, we're going to move on to our World Cup special. Obviously, we're going to be talking Tottenham a lot. Um, But to start, we have a new feature. So before I ramble on about the World Cup, our new feature is called Matt's Stats. And Matt, you're going to be absolutely delighted to hear this. I've created a special Matt's Stats jingle for you. That is absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. Well, you've not heard it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. 
Right, okay, so what I thought I'd do is um, just give a little bit of an introduction to the uh, World Cup and, you know, put some stats in as well. So, okay. Right, so it's going to be the 21st quadrennial, and I like to look that word up, international tournament. It's going to obviously take place in Russia, which I'm sure most people know by now. Mate, Start- mate, mate, what the hell is quadrennial? <laughs> quadrennial. That, that sounds like some phobia you know like arachnophobia <laughs> oh what's wrong with him he's quadrennial man. he's quadrennial it's all the different parts of the world <laughs> is it is quadrennial Quad. something that happens every four years yeah well yeah because obviously the euros are just europe isn't yeah. it? just one part of the world so yeah it's the quadrennial international tournament wow that's a new okay. one isn't it <laughs> right. yeah so, sorry uh, carry, carry right. on matt sorry that's all right. no worries right so it starts today the 14th of june we've got russia versus uh saudi arabia to come and it finishes on the 15th of July. There's going to be 12 stadiums involved across 11 cities. Um, the first World Cup in Europe since 2006. Uh, there's going to be 32 teams involved. 20 of them were involved in the last World Cup in 2014. And we've got a couple of new ones this year, Iceland and Panama. I'm just dreading... Uh, I, 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 have, <laughs> I have some bad memories of Iceland. Right <laughs> I don't even like saying the word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, if it had happened to any other country, I think Iceland would be one of my favourite nations ever. But it happened to us, and I, I've not forgiven them. No. Do, do you know uh, what? A, a, an interesting stat as well I, with Iceland. Uh, yeah. The the one in there's one in one thousand. Uh, so if you look at the, the age range for football players, yeah. one in one thousand men in that age range have made it to the World Cup. That's how so few people there are in that country. You're not making me feel better, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is no part they can stick their thunderclap right... Anyway, yeah. Move on from Iceland, man. Move, move on, on, move on. Right, so Brazil have won it the most times, which is five, followed by yeah. Germany and Italy, four. I still cannot believe Italy aren't going to be there. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is odd. Yeah. Uh, Argentina and Uruguay have won it twice, and England, France, and Spain have won it once. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, so we're in done. good company, France. Yeah, and we Spain. are. Of course, yeah. we are. Yeah. Well, we're in we're in that kind of that group, aren't we? So we can call ourselves one of the elite countries. Yeah. Right? Even yeah. though it happened a long time ago. <laughs> we got a little star on our shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Got one. Yeah. We deserve it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't got one, Iceland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think Come they've got back the star. When you've got a star, Iceland. <laughs> I think they've got a star for beating us two years ago. I think. I think that's probably more deserving star. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> right, talking about once. Yeah. Uh, this is something I didn't know. Well, when I think back, I think, oh yeah. But Ronaldo has only scored once in the last three World Cups he's played in: 06, 10, and fourteen. Cristiano right. Ronaldo, which is just an insane stat. I think you know, like, look yeah. how good that guy is. And he hasn't done it yet in the World Cup. No, no, that's true. Um, of course, Ronaldo, the original Brazilian one, who since retirement has kind of taken on a new shape, um, he scored a fair few yeah, at the absolutely. World Cup. Yeah. But yeah, no, Cristiano, oh, that's, that's quite surprising, to yeah. be honest with you. I remember him just being a little winker, um, but I can't remember <laughs> if that was the Euros. That's a polite way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> it was the polite way of putting it, yes. Yeah, I've never forgiven him for that either, but oh, he is one hell of a player. Yeah, he is, absolutely. And talking about once, and you're not going to like me reminding you of this as well, but once is the amount of times that a vessel has been used by God to score the World Cup, 1986, when uh, God yeah. used Maradona to score a goal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
okay. Yeah. I, right. I can see where you're going with this. So, yeah, hold the f- fridge a minute. We are claiming here that the hand of God was God-ordained well, to Argentina. Well, yeah, according, right. according to the player himself. Yeah, because he's got a record of truthful honesty and up his nose. Now, anyway, yes, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Right, focusing yeah. a little bit more in, on England... And uh, this is something oh. I, I wasn't uh, that I wasn't aware I, of. I, I need you to cheer me up, Matt. Yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> sir. I'm trying. Um, so we 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 have actually got the most inexperienced squad in the World Cup, and the, yep. the two factors that you look at. So you look at the average age uh, of all the teams at the World Cup, and there's three teams that uh, just come under 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 26, and that's mm-hmm. us, Nigeria, and France. Okay. But, but then when you mix that in with the average caps per player, we've got the lowest with 20. So France got 26 and Nigeria got 24. So putting those two stats Where? together, we've got the most inexperienced squad, which I think is actually could be an advantage because you look at, you know, you've already seen uh, articles by players like Kane and, and other players where they're saying, look, we're going to go there, you know, and we're just going to give it a best and if, you know, see how yeah. far we can go. And they, they haven't got that baggage on their shoulders, have they? I'd, I'd like to think that that is the case. I read an interview with Frank Lampard yesterday, and he kind of said something which is obvious when he said it, but the fact that he said it made me really think is that the England players of his generation, which everyone called the golden generation, um, you know, the team with Beckham in it, Skulls, etc., sure. used to be so terrified of making a mistake and then reading about it in the tabloids and everything the next day. He, and he believes genuinely that that affected the performances of England massively. That yeah. when they pulled on the England shirt, the pressure and the stress they felt under is what completely messed them up. And that's why they performed for their clubs, but not for England. Um, yeah, I can imagine that. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Now, you imagine that with the amplification of social media. Um, that's, yeah, because you know, social media. Harry Kane's one of the nicest guys in football. He's a family guy. He doesn't go out, doesn't cause problems, doesn't do anything. There is nothing people can have a go at him about. And yet, this season, he claimed a goal that was his goal and people ripped him to shreds and are still memeing him, gifts, jokes, and just tearing at him. He's probably our world-class player in the England team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, yeah. Well, it's just bizarre. I I can't understand the mentality because it's not just the press; it's the fans as well. Mm. I mean, I, I don't get it. Yeah, the thing that that annoyed me. Uh, I don't know if we touched on it on, on the last uh, podcast we did, but you you get you get like, the problem with social media nowadays is anybody can voice their opinion, and you yeah. sometimes you're sort of forced to read it, whereas before you wouldn't have had to read those morons' opinions. Yeah. But what's annoyed me is seeing that seeing professional players having digs on social media yeah. and I think we touched on it last time with Lovren we did, didn't we but yeah. it's, it, that's that's what really irritated me when you've got professional players taking the mickey because like you yeah. said it, it it was his he scored like it wasn't like it wasn't like he was 10 foot away from the guard no. from the ball and it's like why are you trying to claim that he, he, you know, he he scored the goal and he claimed yeah, it as exactly. soon as as soon as it went in. He said he, yeah. you could see him saying to 
his teammates, look, it's come off my shot. Yeah. I've scored that. That's my goal, you know? So yeah. what is the problem? <laughs> there, there isn't one. People just couldn't find a way of attacking him, and then they found one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, you got to remember a month earlier, he was being accused of diving and all, you know, all sorts. So it's, it's a nonsense. It's, yeah. uh, you know, fans just want to have a go at him. But yeah, I mean, social media gives a voice to everybody. And I hear some prats now even do podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt stats. Right, carrying on. on. Right, so so we've got the most inexperienced, but there's a there's a team in our group that have got the most experienced squad, which is Panama. So the the three South American teams, Panama, Mexico, and Costa Rica, they've yeah. all got uh, an average of 62 caps per player, and wow. they're all an average age of over 29. So I don't think that's going to give them much advantage, but they're. Uh, no, but it's an excellent excuse for us if we lose. Them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so it's good that we have that. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I'll, I'll I'll remember. <laughs> right, and finally, um, so looking at the players that are going to be in the World Cup, the English clubs. So I, to start with, I thought it was just a Premier League, but then I realised it's all the sort of all the divisions. We've got the highest amount of players going to the World Cup, which is 124, which absolutely blows all the other. Uh, countries out of the water. The, the next yeah. one f- down from us is Spain, the Spanish leagues, yeah. which have got 78 players going to the World Cup, which is 46 lower than ours. But then when you look at the other, some of the other countries, you've got France, uh, 50, uh, Germany, 67, Italy, 58, and Holland, 15. So there's a, they're a lot lower. So we're not just yeah. a little, we haven't got just a, a few players more. We've completely blown all the other countries out, which is, I think, a real testament to the to the English leagues, I think. Yeah, it is in a way, definitely. I mean, there isn't anyone in the England squad who plays abroad. No. Um, whereas I think pretty much every other nation on earth picks players from all other countries. English players, for whatever reason, don't seem to like leaving England. No, yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, that's really, it's that weird an- anomaly, isn't it? I was talking to someone about it the other day, actually, because you... you you think back to Beckham. Like Real Madrid yeah. at one point, they had McManaman, didn't they? Owen. Yeah. And, yeah. But that was a real sort of... St- Strange, a strange kind of anomaly, yeah. really, wasn't um, it? You know, you got to remember after Italian '90, um, we had a few players go to Italy, course, and, yeah. and before as well. I mean, Ray Wilkins was over there a uh, long time ago. Jimmy Greaves was there. Um, so, yeah, we, we we do team every now and again. We'll have kind of a few players go off and try something, but it's never it never the norm. It's never no. kind of yeah. You you look at France, you know, their players are all over the place. Yeah. A load of them are in England. Yeah, uh, their captain and goalkeeper, by the yeah. way, fantastic one at that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless we play him, then he's rubbish. Exactly. How yeah. many? Do you, just, just, just out of interest, how many players do you think uh, from uh, from the Saudi Arabia leagues are going to the World Cup? This one surprised me. From the actual league football in Saudi Arabia, yeah, yeah, none. Thirty-one. <laughs> Thir- th- how? I don't know. I looked it up, and that's on there. They, they've got one beast of a squad they've taken with them. <laughs> that doesn't, no. But it's not Saudi Arabian play. Obviously, players that are playing in the Saudi Arabia leagues are in yeah. the World Cup. Well, I suppose Iran are there, aren't they? So yeah, they've got a lot of good... And not just that as well, but Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia are quite famous for having quite a lot of money, so I'm sure that there's a few players, a few older players that yeah. are, oh, are yeah, getting their nice early retirements in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's a fair point. Look at... Yeah. um. I mean, the Chinese league must be represented because I know for a fact a few of the Belgian players are there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there might there might um, be one going in a in the maybe maybe <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk <laughs> later later on. 
But yeah, um, okay, so are there any more World Cup related stats, my friend? No, I'm hoping I've given everybody a nice little bit of uh, knowledge yeah. to take with them to the pub or to, the, uh, to their friends' houses when the games start. Yeah, drop some knowledge bombs on a few yeah, people's asses. Exactly. That's the yeah. way to go. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was the first ever Matt Stats, a World Cup edition. Um, it's going to be really interesting to me if you can keep that going for an entire football season, by the way, like stats every week. <laughs> Without boring people. No, no, not so much very boring people. I just want to know if you can find stats that aren't absolutely... Uh, last weekend in the Premier League, there were one more corner than there was the week before. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, Matt! You, you, know what it, you know by the time it's going to get to sort of uh, March, April next season, that's what you're going to get, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that's fine. I don't mind. As long as Tottenham are winning, I think everyone's in a pretty good jovial place anyway. If, yeah. uh, if we've got absolutely tanked by somebody, then no, no one's going to find that funny one bit, man. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on, I mean, the World Cup. Uh, moving on from stats is the World Cup. As I said right at the start, I go through my whole, oh, well, rubbish, I'm not going to watch. Oh, Harry Kane's playing, you know, the Spurs lads, okay, I'm going to watch. Uh, still not really great. International football's really dull, friendly. Oh, the World Cup's here, football's coming home, we're going to win the whole damn thing. Yay, we're awesome. Um, like I said, I, I, kind of, I kind of go through these emotions. I genuinely, hand on heart, do not think England have got the quality to win the World Cup. But saying that, once you get from the group stage, it is knockout football. And like the FA Cup, anyone can turn over anyone in a game. It really can happen. So if England get there and they do start playing and they, they you know, they win their group games, bit of confidence, you never know. And that's that's what draws me in every four years quadrennially. <laughs> Did I use that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me. I have no idea. But it, but that's what lures me in. Um, what about yourself? I mean, do you get carried away with it or do you just kind of write it off? It's, I mean, I'm 39 now and so I've had my fair share of utter disappointments over the years whether it comes to the yeah. World Cup or the Euros. And it's funny because... We've we have we've we've got a, we've got a fairly decent squad. We, we have like we've got a good quite a good squad. A good young like I say good young squad, and and again like you say like you know anything can happen. I mean you look at yep. Portugal in the Euros a couple of years ago. I mean they they finished third in their group, didn't they? And they kind of scraped through to the final. I know they beat France in the final, but you know you, you don't know what could happen in knockout football. No. It's it's one of those things though where and I think probably most of us are the same where. Our heart saying England, but our head saying it's just not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> we, if we if we get to the quarterfinals, then fantastic, and anything past that will just be unbelievable. But I just you know I, I can't. Yeah, but there's there's too many there's too many teams at that World Cup that are just far stronger than us. Have got far more experience and more winners. You know, in the team. So yeah, it, it it'd be lovely. But I think most of us are kind of just accepted the fact that it's not we're not going to win it are we well that's just shattered me football was sorry, coming mate. home until you spoke sorry mate Bloody hell. I'm, i just oh. put a bit of realism on it that's all um if world cup happens england versus belgium's probably for me is the game i'm looking forward to most yeah um you know kane and ali versus toby and yan uh I don't think he's going to start, but if Dembele was playing him versus Dyer in midfield, just because they all know each other so well. And from what I've read, they have been laying into each other all week. 
Fantastic. And as that game gets closer, I think the sheer amount of crap they're giving each other is going to going to heighten up. And uh, Danny Rose apparently said to someone uh, on an interview that they they have got their own uh, WhatsApp group, just the England players in the squad and just the Belgian players in their squad. And apparently every day it's just count a countdown. Uh, Jan apparently keeps telling Harry Kane that he's going to put him in his pocket. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it is because they know each other so well. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think when they all get out on that field, they are going to go for it, um, which is a little bit worrying from a Tottenham perspective. I've got this nightmare vision of Jan and Harry going for the ball and breaking each other's legs and me just crying in the corner for the next <laughs> month. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the game just because I think it could be a cracking game of football. And it's, it's come at a fun. good time as well, isn't it? Because if you look at it, you know, we've obviously it's the third game, isn't it, in the group? So yeah. if it was the first one. I don't know. I I think I'd say we'd 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 probably lose it. You know, it's one of those ones where it, we've always, you know, when we start in the World Cup or the Euros and we start with a big game, it's normally the one we sort yeah. of don't do. We need, need a little bit of time setting. Like I guess most teams do, but you you think on paper we should beat Tunisia and Panama, and you can see Belgium beating those two. So really, in in a way, it, it should be a game that you know just for battling for first and second in the group really hopefully by that time we've both qualified so it doesn't the pressure's not on so much you know well it'd be interesting if we have both qualified if they who they play I mean (laughs) I'd be tempted if I was Southgate but then again of course you don't know the form of the players you know Kane's not infallible Um, if his form's not good then he might want to keep playing in the Get him getting amongst the goals or something. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you'd rest him, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd say so, definitely. Yeah. But you, but we know what Kane's like, don't we? He just, he just has to be on that pitch all the time, doesn't he? And yeah, he kind of, you know, and he when, is captain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can't see him missing a minute if it, if he stays injury free. I don't think he'll miss a minute of the World Cup. No, I'd agree with that. So yeah. just then, just before we finish on the World Cup, who's going to win it? <sighs> for for me, I mean, you've got so many strong teams in there, haven't you? Like with Brazil, France, and uh, Spain. But for me, I just think Germany. Just, the thing is with Germany, that it, it's not even the fact they've got so many good players in the team. They just play so well all the time, don't yeah. they? They they just play as a unit, and they're just they are so hard. Aggravatingly to beat. good, aren't they? <sighs> and and they've, they've not even brought Leroy Sonny with them, have they? You know, it's insane. Yeah. That guy has been immense for Man City this season. He hasn't even made a squad for, for that. I mean, I immediately tweeted, does he have any English grandparents? Because, <laughs> I mean, that that boy has been on fire. How they have not picked him. I mean, if they don't win and they bomb out now, then that manager deserves shooting. Um, but, yeah, I, it's worrying when you see teams drop players like that and you think, seriously, you yeah. would not just walk into the England team, you'd park the bus and be there forever so i'll tell you what though the most the most bizarre bizarre decision though that's been made pre-world cup has to mm. be the second of the spain managers isn't it that is just so yeah. odd that's real madrid for you <laughs> <laughs> it's just bizarre yeah they, they, uh, they yeah real madrid absolutely messing up their national team <laughs> uh, uh yeah i don't understand how how that's possibly happened. And it's such a very England thing to do as well. So seeing another country absolutely implode was kind of quite <laughs> joyful for me. That was that was nice. Um, so Matt, World Cup then, you're going Germany, I'm yeah. going uh, England, because <laughs> why Why not? Even if, um, even after I downplayed them. 
Yeah, yeah, football's coming home. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk Tottenham now. Let's focus in on uh, the reason we have the podcast. And the Premier League 2018-19 fixtures have been released today. If you've not seen them yet, then you can find them multiple places. But I'd like you to have a look on the Facebook page for Spurs News. Facebook.com slash Spurs News. They're all there. Um, let's just have a very, very quick look at the opening fixtures. So, in August, we start the season away at Newcastle. The season Again. begins the 11th of August. Then we have our first, I'm doing air quotes, home game against Fulham. And that is the 18th of August. Now, the reason why I'm doing air quotes, everybody, is because as everybody will know by now, the time of listening to this... We are actually going to be playing our first, air quotes again, home game at Wembley for the 2018-19 season. So before I go into any more detail on that, Matt, what's your first thoughts? See, it's been one of those things with the ground, isn't it, where it just it hasn't, do you think it should have been at a later stage by now, you know? So mm. I think most of us kind of had that had the feeling that it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to run smoothly, and we, you know, yeah. they'd, they'd, they'd have to do something. Me personally, I mean, what is it? Fulham, we're playing Fulham yeah. at Wembley. Don't downplay Fulham. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to downplay Fulham <laughs> because they'd just come up, and they're normally yeah. them teams are the most dangerous. Yeah. But, but I, I'd rather play Fulham than play one of the, the big teams. You know, like I'm glad that our first home home game at home is Liverpool. I think that's worked out really well. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's, um, your, what's your thoughts, Sam? What's your thoughts? Well, I I know someone who works with the stadium. Uh, he worked for a team of architects who got the project originally, and I've been given heads up on things happening on a regular basis. Um, I knew about the NFL deal a good three months before anybody else. Um, everyone thought I was mad. Um, I knew about a few other things, and this is not me claiming to be some in the know ITK ass hat. It's just genuinely, I know someone. I went to school with him, um, and he, he's not even a football fan by the way either, which is the funniest thing. Um, so he just he's just told me stuff. Well, oh, this is happening. This is happening. At no point has he said to me it's not going to be done on time. You know, at no stage. And so for and I've asked him a couple of times, and he's like, yeah the project's on track Mm. so i was quite shocked and when i started seeing all these leaked news stories i was like i'm I'm really surprised it doesn't make any sense to me because i know a project of that size you can have overruns you can have problems and stuff but the, the team of architects involved that are overseeing it and the team that are basically the guys who are the ones who will give the final sign off if you like he's like no we're we're on track so the only thing I could think of was that it was a contingency plan. It was, a uh, right, we're contacting the FA just in case something happens, just in case something happens. And from what I'm told today, it is down to safety certificates have to be issued and they've been told by the local authority there is, they cannot guarantee that they will be done before the Fulham game. Right. So the stadium itself will be there for the test events in August, as everyone has said all along. But before test event certification is completely different to the stadium being open to the public and away we go. Yeah. So that's what I'm told today. That's the main reason. And that's why 
it's not like everyone was saying yesterday, doom and gloom, we're going to be playing our home games at Wembley until October. Oh, the first game in our new stadium is going to be the NFL game. No, none of that. It was purely that that's the issue. And the funniest thing is, or my mate thinks it's funny anyway, I don't think it's a bloody funny, but he does, <laughs> is that they can't guarantee but that doesn't mean it won't happen. So technically, it could all be in place and signed off before the Fulham game. Okay. But they've had to contact Wembley because you have to nominate it. Yeah. Now, the other thing I found out today, which the press are running, um, is that we had the option to swap the game with Fulham to an away game. Uh, the Premier League gave us the option. Fulham agreed it. However, Mauricio Pochettino wanted it to be a home game and he pushed for us to be able to use Wembley for it. Yeah, you can understand, can't you? Because that would have been four away games on the spin, wouldn't it? Well, the season would have been uh, opening at Newcastle away, Fulham away, Manchester United away, Watford away. So those would have been the four games. As it is, we're still away for three of them, but we're playing Fulham at Wembley on the... the, uh, on the 18th currently. Obviously, all of these fixtures are subject to change for TV picks, etc. I mean, I'd put money on the fact that our Man United away game will be picked up for TV and our first game in the new stadium at home to Liverpool, I'd put money on that being moved oh, to the Sunday as well. I'd put, I put my um, house on that being on TV, that game. <laughs> okay, interesting. We have that recorded on the podcast now. Your missus is going to be so mad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's that's kind of the key thing. And you said it a minute ago. So our first game in the new stadium is going to be either Saturday the 15th, more likely Sunday the 16th, I think, mm. of September. And that will be new stadium, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium London, as it's called currently. <laughs> Not the Nike Stadium. Give it time. Um, <laughs> that Yeah, so there we go. It's, it's, I, quite, it's quite interesting because, you know, they... You've got obviously the, the fact that we're going to be playing um, in two. We're going to be playing two grounds, aren't we? We're home yeah. games. It's obviously the we one are. at Wembley and the other eighteen at a new ground. Yeah. But I, I find it quite interesting because the, the, the Richard Scudamore is, you know, kind of is quoted in the past. And I looked it up in when before we moved to that season at Wembley, we was yep. sort of thinking about what what to do. And one of the things we was thinking of doing was having ten games at Wembley and nine games at Milton Keynes. Yeah. And he really, really was absolutely against it, you know. He was, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I don't. Um, you don't ha- want ha- my thoughts on Milton Keynes. No, no, not Milton Keynes. But on how, like, um, why, where, where's the dis- where, where's the unfairness? Where, where, why is it so unfair? I don't understand why it's it's a, it's such a a bad thing. It's such, a, you know, um, it's not ideal, and I, I, I wouldn't want to do it. But I just what I don't can't get my head around is why it's such a. It's, make, it's such an advantage for us, or it's such an unfair thing for us to do. Yeah, it, well, I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things that can be argued. Um, the, I personally see the disadvantage to the home team, that having to swap stadiums. Um, you play a whole season at Wembley, and then at some point, that is going to feel like your home, because you're playing there every week or every other week. Um, if you were swapping between two grounds, I see that as a bigger disadvantage. From a opposition point of view, um, I, I don't know really. I mean, yeah. other than you'd insult some people by saying, yeah, you're not a big enough club to play us at Wembley. Um, let's go play you at Milton Keynes. 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. The rules are there, and they've been there for a long time. Um, but we're, we're talking about the rules. I've, I've yes. got, I actually downloaded the Premier League rule book. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. You can actually download it, and uh, in section K, which well, I'm is... worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> When we're finished with this podcast, let's have a chat. Can Shall we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well... I, yeah, I once... keep reading these things online about, you know, if you, you hear a friend and they're struggling, you should reach out to them. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're going to have a call, all right? We're, we're, we're going to have a chat. Anyway, you carry on. You downloaded the well, Premier League rulebook. That's yeah, as far as I got before you... my brain shut off. Carry on. Do, do you think... I'd actually be quite interested to see how many downloads that thing has had. I can't okay. imagine it's many. <laughs> I, I can guarantee you I am not someone who's downloaded that rule book. I, a single I, I possibly should. The amount of times I argued things last season and someone said, well, actually, rule D7 well, was changed two years ago <laughs> and the goalkeeper can actually hold the ball for nine seconds now. <laughs> All right. Fair well, I, well I'll, I'll try not to use that voice when I read out the rule that Please don't. is relevant. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, carry on. So in se- in section K, oh, no, sorry, <laughs> in section K, uh, stadium criteria rule K five, which is, which is yes. the one that is relevant to us. Each club shall register its stadium with the board and must play all matches in the competitions listed in rule L nine. Hold that thought because I've something interesting about rule L nine as well, and it is interesting. I promise you. For which in is the home club at the stadium? No club shall remove to another stadium either on a permanent or temporary basis without first obtaining the written consent of the board. Which is basically that last paragraph is is is, is why we're allowed to do it. You know. So when you see people yeah. saying, "Oh, it's against the rules," it's it's not against the rules. You know. If the board agree it, then it can be done. Yeah. And and okay. and, and in, in, sorry, the interesting thing with it says. All matches in the competition listed in Rule L9. So I went to a Rule L9, uh-huh. and the competitions listed: Champions League, Europa uh, Europa League, FA Cup, Community Shield, League Cup, and competitions sanctioned by the county association of which it's a member. That doesn't include the Premier League, does it? No, <laughs> but, but this it's is a loophole. This is, the, this is the Premier League rule book. Yeah, but why? they should surely they should put that in there then, surely. Uh, unless I've just found a massive loophole that Levy's maybe ca- caught on to, which is why we're allowed to do it. <laughs> to be fair, it's probably only you and Daniel Levy who have downloaded that damn rule book. And yes, you, you possibly have. Um, oh, God. No, no don't. Don't. No, I, I, can't, I can't take any more interesting facts about the Premier League rules. I, I can't. Um, no, that's all. That's all I'm, I promise that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to delete it from my phone as soon as this podcast is finished. Well, yeah, you you're, after downloading that man, you're probably on some government list. Um so when you when I see the fixtures, there are certain games I look for, okay? Um I always look to see when we're playing the scum. Mm-hmm. Um sorry, Arsenal. Um just because I like to know if when my weekend's going to be potentially ruined or yeah, sure. going to be a lot better. We play the scum typically every year in November, and yeah. I don't know why it always works out that way, but it yeah. is. But this year we don't. Yeah. So I I was kind of like all smug, thinking I knew when that was going to be. But we play them our first ever North London derby. Our new stadium will be the second of March. That's probably going to get moved because that's going to get picked for TV. Yeah, sure. Um, we play them at their crap hole. Uh, sorry, the Emirates Stadium on the first of December. Uh, yeah, that should be a laugh. Um, 
Chelsea, um, we play them at our ground the 24th of November. And we play them at their place the 27th of February. Um, so yeah, I mean, from a London point of view, those are the games. Um, I know West Ham think they're our rivals, but they're not. Shut no, up. You're yeah, not. from their point of view, maybe. Yeah, on their <laughs> own. Um, our running then, so our last five games of the season. So this is where the title is going to be won and lost. <laughs> yeah, you stick, hoping. stick with me, everybody. You're Come going to on. get some stick, mate. <laughs> I, hey, listen, football's coming home, and the Premier League title's coming the, the new lane. Anyway, um. So we play uh, Huddersfield at our ground at the 13th of April. Then we play Manchester City at their ground. Now that's where that's the title decider. Yeah, that's going to be the big yeah. game. Yep. Um, we then have a home game against West Ham. So it's at our ground. We then go to Vitality Stadium, Bournemouth. That's the 4th of May. And then we're crowned champions on the final day of the season at our ground, which is the 12th of May against Everton. Do you think? Well, some, well yeah, some... because, I mean, we'll win the title by beating City at their place, but we won't get the trophy until probably the last day of the season. Yeah, fair it'd be a nice, It'd be a nice day for everybody. Yeah, of course it would, yeah. Just like yeah. the end of this season. <laughs> yeah, nice 5-4 five, five, four. in the new stadium, <laughs> yeah. but with a trophy at the end this time. Yeah. Um, so our, our first five games, as I said earlier, so we open the season away at Newcastle, we play Fulham at Wembley, we then travel to Old Trafford, which could be interesting, going up against Toby. Um, we then go to Vicarage Road to play Watford. And then, of course, our first ever game at the new stadium is going to be Liverpool. Awesome. It had to be Liverpool, didn't it? Yeah. And this, I mean, talking about last season, if we can have a repeat of that, then that would be a great game to start. The, oh, the, just, the... just beat them. I don't care the score. Just yeah. can't lose. We can't lose our first game at no. the new stadium. Absolutely and Liverpool, not. of all people. Oh, Do you know God. how many years we will have to listen to that? Yeah, lost your first game. <laughs> but it's not even it wouldn't even be the accent, it's just having to look at Twitter and Facebook and Oh, oh God, you I, see, I'd have to no, delete all my when accounts. I, when I read their tweets I do it in the accent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most Salah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop doing that before do you know, I'm accused of racism. <laughs> yeah, cool. Do you know you was talking about always getting Arsenal in November, which yeah, we haven't this time? Yeah. We always seem to get Man- Manchester United away quite early in the season, don't we? Mm. Yeah, or we always play them early on. To be honest with you, I don't mind going there. I, Old Trafford's a nice place to play. And we've... It used to be years ago, we'd go to those grounds and I'd be expecting us to get hammered. Yeah. I, I've not seen us get hammered at Old Trafford in a long time. No. Um, Even if we've lost, I, we've put in a real good account of ourselves. So I, Old Trafford doesn't hold any fear. The only ground that, right now that I don't like going to is the Etihad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I... No matter what the form is, no matter what, going there, they just seem to have this level where they can tear us apart, which is frightening. Um, yeah. We've had some, we've had some good results there in the last few years, but not recently. Well, no, no. I mean, last last season, I mean, what we lost to them four one oh, twice, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, eight two overall. It just, mm. they just had our number, but then again, they had everyone's number pretty much. Yeah, um, of course. Now, the other fixtures I looked out for were the games directly following Champions League group matches. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I looked this up. I'm like some sort of genius with fixture looking up in. Um, it's not quite quadrennial, 
<laughs> not not quite that level of intelligence. Is that going to be word, word of the podcast, that isn't it? <laughs> quadrennial, if I'm saying it right. I have no idea. I still think it sounds like a disease I had once. Do you, do you still um, think I made it up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Um, so, games after Champions League group matches. So, after the first game in the Champions League, we will travel to Brighton. Okay. That could be tricky. Yep, um, then... After the next game in the Champions League, we got a nice home match against Cardiff. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> After the next Champions League game, we got a nice home match against Manchester City. <laughs> yep, that'll <would> do. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're going to draw someone in our group who's going to be a beast. Yeah. We're going to get a Real Madrid, a Barcelona or someone. I can guarantee you it'll be them next yeah, to Man City. I can see that. We'll yeah. also draw like... Never going to win anything Vladidav Kaz from Kesnia or something in there. And <laughs> that game will be somewhere else. That won't be like the nice easy run-in. No. But anyway. Um, Crystal Palace away following the next game. And then following the next Champions League game is Arsenal away. <sighs> now, I mean, the, 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 the only Chris... good thing about that is we'll be playing Wednesday night and they'll be playing Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get that in as many times as we can over the coming season. As we can, when we can, <laughs> while we can. We maybe yeah. maybe we get like an Emmerdale farm theme tune. Is it called Emmerdale? Emmerdale. Get that theme tune played at some point in the podcast. Just, just for them on a just, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tottenham and a Bernabeu. Arsenal watching Emmerdale. Um, and in the last group game, the following is Burnley at home. So three home, three away. Um, and we've got Arsenal and Man City are probably the standout teams in that. Crystal Palace away is always a nightmare, though. Um, yeah, Joe's saying that, though. We we haven't played too badly in the last few seasons playing at their ground. It's, it is one of them horrible we stadiums, isn't it? We have been a little bit lucky with the fixtures, and I'll tell you why lucky. If you go there on a Friday night or a Monday night or a Wednesday <laughs> night, the atmosphere at Soho is brilliant, and it is an intimidating place to go. You get them at lunchtime on a Saturday or a Sunday, and and you got a chance of turning them over. <laughs> well, that well that it actually got changed, didn't it? The fixture it yes, meant to be a night game, did. wasn't it? Yeah, it did get changed. Uh, thank goodness. And yeah. if it's a nighttime game this time, please change it again. Yeah. Do anything you can. Anything. But uh, yeah, you go there when that place is rocking and it's something yeah. else. Um, their fa- their fans are good. Them. Yeah, their fans oh, they're are good. brilliant, mate. They're absolutely brilliant. I I got a lot of time for Crystal Palace as a club, the fan base. Um, Oh yeah, no, a lot of time for them, uh, especially compared to some others. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's the fixtures. Like I said, the full list is out there. Keep in mind when you're looking it over that they are going to change. TV picks happen. The draws for the League Cup starting, which means they'll also be doing the draws for the like the next round when the clubs come in. Not us because we're in the Champions League. <laughs> don't, don't know if I brought that up at all, but yeah, we come in at a later round. Um, but yeah, you, you'll start to see the fixtures change. I mean, it's it's a very movable document. But uh, my first here's the big thing. Okay, so this is something that never used to happen as a Spurs fan. I look over the fixtures now, and I don't look at it anymore and think, oh, rub it, oh, no, oh, well, that's going to be a tough... I genuinely look at all of the games, even when it's like Man City away, Arsenal away, something like that, and I think, oh, that's going to be a great game. That's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and, and do you know what's quite interesting as well? I um, Somebody messaged me when they found out what the fixtures, another Spurs fan, yeah. and he put, oh, great, Arsenal and Chelsea, uh, double-header, Twice, Love twice that. in the season. But yeah, do you know what? I actually my my first thought was to kind of go, oh great. But then when I thought about it, I actually sort of set it. I thought, yeah, let's have it. Bring it on. Let's yeah. you know 
six points, two games, both times. You know, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, yeah. I love it. Because I, I, I always find that our players are at their best when they're being absolutely challenged. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the games where we play and we have to be up for Real Madrid and then we go and play, you know, someone else. Uh, you know, Southampton or what? FA Cup, you know. <laughs> it is very difficult. It is genuinely very difficult to keep your levels of motivation between those two games. Of course. So... If you've got a run of games where it's Juventus, Arsenal, Chelsea, Juventus again, you know, Liverpool, then the team are just going to be so focused and you go for it. And like you just said, you come away from those with six points and suddenly your momentum, etc., you're you're really going for it. And I, I genuinely have a belief in the team, a belief in the manager that we will win those games. So the the fear I once had is no longer there. Yeah, I agree. Re- I completely remind agree. me of this when the season's going and we've just <laughs> lost to someone rubbish. Yeah. But yeah, you know. And got zero points on them two games both times. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. How funny. Um, so moving on from fixtures. Uh, since the last podcast, Harry Kane signed the new contract. Awesome. Um, a six-year deal. And as well reported by everybody... The wage ceiling has been increased. Hallelujah. <laughs> the, um, now, here's the thing. We, play, we pay away a percentage of our revenue. That has not changed. But the amount of money we're making now has allowed the club to increase the wages. Harry was on about 100 grand a week set with about 50 grand a week bonuses, which he got every week. Um, he is now on about 200 grand set and his bonuses could go as high as 300 but from what I'm told, that would involve trophies. So it's more likely to sit around the 250 I mean, I don't know how the poor bloke's going to live on 250 grand <laughs> no. a week, personally. <laughs> Shopping Lidl's. <laughs> well, well, he's got another kid on the way. I mean, it's just so expensive. I mean, I feel for him. I do. I mean, I don't know how he survived on 100 grand a week last year. I mean, who knows? Yeah. How the poor... I mean, poor lad. <laughs> I understand there's kids in Africa thinking of having a concert for the Premier League footballers at Tottenham just yeah. to raise some money for them. Well, there's um, little violins playing in the background, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, not that I'm bitter that Danny Rose said he wouldn't get him paid enough or anything. Oh, I'm going to get that in every week. Um, so, contract talk-wise, now here you go. I'm going to put my neck on the block, okay? Yep. I have been told, and everyone can then have a go at me afterwards if it turns out to be wrong, that both Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen deals are done. Okay. Their new contracts are done, and why it's not been announced yet is nobody knows. Okay. It's kind of like perhaps it's a timing thing. Perhaps I know in the past that we have done new contract. Like so, the contract that Kane signed before this one. I know they held back announcing it last year because they were worried about not being able to complete a signing in time and they thought for PR purposes, rather than the crowd, you know, fans on social media going mental, they'd feed them the Kane new contract. And and then if the signing happened, great. If it didn't, people would be too focused on Kane. Yeah, sure. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see the Toby sale... Um, possibly becoming a reality sooner rather than later and then but look we've got Ericsson and Delhi. don't worry 
everything's going to be fine. We don't need we don't need defenders. Um, yeah, I mean that's just really you're being, being cynical. cynical. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a cynical sod, really. The biggest problem with being cynical is I keep getting proven to be right, and that's and that's worrying because it does nothing for my cynicism. Yeah, it just increases um, it. It really, yeah, it just makes it worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two and the press have caught wind of it as well. Uh, you'll notice there's, there's a reporter called Dan Kilpatrick, um, who's brilliant. Uh, he freelance writes a lot for the, the, the London Even Standard and a few other people. Generally, if he puts a report saying it's close, it tends to mean it's done. It's just no one can announce it and confirm it until it's there. Yeah. Um. He, he put a post out about Kane and then six hours later it was announced. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, he's very good. So if you don't follow him, track him down on Twitter. Uh, he's doing some freelance work at the World Cup as well, which would be pretty entertaining. But yeah, I mean, again, I've I've said this before, and I'll probably reiterate it a few times. I am not some crazy in the know person, but I've just through luck, happenstance, have got to know people who generally do have quite good connections in different areas. The only thing I class myself as in the know as is I go and watch a lot of the youth games. Yeah. So that, but again, that's just my opinion. I go and watch them, and I go, "Hey, that player is going to be really good." I, I, I can't say I'm 100 percent successful with that because I was convinced Stephen Colker was going to be the next best defender in the world. <laughs> um, unfortunately, what you can't predict with players is what they're like off the pitch and yeah. on in their social lives. And poor Stephen had a few problems, but yeah. we won't go into that. I think uh, Mark uh, Marcus Edwards as well. He's, he's, you know, he had the world at his feet. Uh, mate, the, the Edwards thing annoys me, and not because of the lad. Uh, he, I've met him twice, and uh, not, not like a sit-down chat. I've met him at two games, and he was insanely polite. Um, there was one time I asked him if he'd sign an autograph for my nephew, um, who, who goes with a few to the games with me, and and he he couldn't because he had to go somewhere. But the next game he was there, he signed something for me to give to him. Um, oh, awesome. So he remembered. You know, he just. To me, stuff like that really stands out. Um, such a nice lad to talk to, and you just around. You watch him on the field. He always had time, which I always think is a mark of a true good player. Um, always had time on the ball. He always looked like a man against boys at every age level. Even when he stepped up into the under-23s, even when he was like 17, he looked like he was been there all his life. Um, everyone can get going, oh, I think he needs to bulk up and all these things. That's a real English thing to say. That's such rubbish. Look mm. at Iniesta. Look at David De Silva. He didn't need to do that at all. He's just a great player. And if he gets kicked up in the air, then we're going to get a free kick. <laughs> don't, of course, yeah. yeah don't they say fall... about Harry Kane, didn't they? Oh, you know, mate, just... <laughs> don't, don't fall into this. England should play full, full, bloody two. And the centre forward, you know, don't, yeah, don't go yeah. down that road. Just, just embrace a young, talented player for what he does. Was he the best at tracking back? No, um, but he was a 17-year-old kid who could do anything he wanted with the ball. He needed to learn these things. He needed to learn the work ethic side to be a Pochettino player. You know, that's you want to play for Pocket Tottenham, you need to work. Yeah, There's course, no two yeah. ways about it. He was training with the first team. Um, we, he came on, made his debut against Gillingham. He, in that brief cameo, he lit the place up and he hit a shot which could, if it had gone in, would still be getting replayed over and over again. Mm. Um, and then the kid got injured. And I swear that that is where things went wrong for him. Um, because 
he then wasn't in the first team reckoning anymore. Um, he was demoted down. He had a lot of problems, which uh, I am privy to, but not for me to share. Uh, family stuff and other stuff like that, which people talked about. I don't know if it's true. It's just what people talked about when I was at the games. Um, the loan to Norwich was his big opportunity. They gave him the captaincy for the European Youth League, which he really embraced, and you could see he really took on. And then the loan to Norwich was like his big chance to kind of prove to everybody that he was growing up and he was able to play first-team football. And unfortunately, he absolutely blew it. Yeah, it was a disaster, um, wasn't it? He didn't show up to training on time once. He he missed team meetings, and when he did show up, he was late and disrespectful. Um, the club <laughs> formally apologised to Norwich for it. That's how bad God, the club Jesus. felt his behaviour was. Yeah. Um, he got... You know, when he came home for personal reasons, that was an agreement between the clubs to keep it. You know, the Norwich manager just wanted to condemn him in the press, um, but the, we we kind of talked him back from that. Um, I'm told we didn't even we didn't finish the loan fee. We we kind of let them off it and just said no. You know, that's on us. Um, it was an absolute disaster, and and the kids now had he was given extra time off. He was just told to go away, go away and get your head right. Um, he's going to come back to training, he's going to come back and he's going to be involved and if he can knuckle down and prove himself then I think Paul could take him to America. If when that squad's announced for that tour, if Edwards isn't in that, then for me he's done. Yeah, he's gone, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for me he's done because that now's the time and the press are already saying he's he's ready to move, he wants to move. Well, if he's going to come back in and say that, then yeah, he's going to be gone straight away because the club certainly aren't going to put any more time into him. Yeah. Um, if he if he is going to leave, then I hope, genuinely, really hope that he can get away by himself and go abroad, go to Germany, like where a lot of the young lads are going, or go go to Holland. Ajax really want him. Genuinely, Ajax would take him all day long. And we owe Ajax, to be honest, don't we? The players we, we take from their team. We do, massively. <laughs> but just get away from England. Get away from the goldfish bowl. Go and play football and enjoy it. Don't, you know, he's such a nice lad. And the stuff that he's had to deal with, um, it's unfair. And I think Pochettino's learned a lot from it as well. I think he put pressure on him without meaning to. Yeah, sure. By talking about him in the press. I don't think Pocket will ever make that mistake again. And what a lot of people forget is he is still learning. You know? Yeah, of course. That's um, the thing that a lot, a lot of people forget with Pochettino, don't they? That he's quite a relatively young manager himself, isn't he? You he know? Is. So- yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that. I mean, contracts-wise and stuff like that, there's, there's supposed to be so much work has gone on behind the scenes with so many players. The only one that I'm told and the press are saying everything is the problem is Dembele. Um... The Toby situation, we all know that. We made our best offer. He turned it down, so we're going to sell him. Yeah. I mean, to me, we could talk about that all day long, but there's no point. Um, Dembele. Um, the the rumours are that there are three clubs in Italy desperate to sign him. Uh, Inter Milan, Napoli and Juventus. And the three clubs, in essence, have all met with his agents whether that goes anywhere, I don't know. The player himself appears to be of the opinion that he cannot keep going at a Premier League level because of the pace of the league. Um, but he wants to make some money out of his final few years of his career. The guy's played the last two seasons in pain. Yeah. 
mm. pretty much constantly. Yeah. Prior to that, he had like an operation to try and solve this problem. The guy can't play two games in a week. When he is at his best, he's the best central midfielder I've ever seen. Just keeps the ball. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously had the pleasure of watching him last season at, yeah. at Live, and he's 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 awesome. Like you know, he's he, he he's got this. You know, he's he's, he's quite a physically. He's not the biggest physical person you, when you look at him you don't see him and think oh he's no. an absolute beast but no. when he's on that pitch he is a beast yeah, no, one, is. No, no, no one can get the ball off him no. and he's he's the thing I, the, I love most about him and something I'm really going to think we, unless we can find a re, like for like replacement we're really going to miss is that he gives he gives the players time you know because you, they'll seek out Dembele and they yeah. know that he'll hold the ball for a few seconds so they can all you know kind of get back into shape and yeah. you know just take a breather and well, I think that's it, so important to have a player like that on the pitch it is to the way we play it's massively but the thing to, to keep in mind with that is as the season wears on that ability diminishes and in the FA Cup semi-final his inability to keep the ball led to their goal of course yeah of course and that's not down to him not you know we, we all make mistakes but as the season wore on everybody watching Tottenham could see he was making more and more mistakes he was losing the ball more he was going backwards more that's the guy's fitness the, mm. the guy has played so many games for us you know you watch him against Juventus that game at away we had that terrible start and then he just dominated their midfield on his own pretty much yeah, you know, he just yeah. completely dominated them and there was no way from that point on, once we got into that game and shook off that crazy start, we, we there's no way we were going to lose that game. We could have won it, mm, but there was I just agree. no way. You know, he just dominated them. There was no way they could play through us. And at Wembley, you know, until the madness happened, we were just in complete control. So I I wish him all the best. I think he is going to leave, um, I but I do wish him all the best. The rumour is... He would actually like to take a big money move and go to China, sign a two or three year deal there, and basically finish his career making as much money as he possibly can, playing in the league where, for the all intents and purposes, he can go a hell of a lot easier than he does in the Premier League. Of course, and also not just that, but we'll we'll probably end up getting more money for him as a fee, wouldn't we? Well, the China League crazy fees are over, you know, because the state there aren't quite funding them like they were. Uh, but I think over the Italian league we would. But it's going to be down to the player. I mean, if his agents are in Italy talking to those three clubs, then it must be of interest to him. Yeah, I mean, cool. the Italian league is like a walking pace compared to the Premier League. It really is. So he could well, Serie A, it's, it's whether he, it's going to be whether his money-wise, I think, because there are a couple of Belgian lads who still play for Belgium playing in China, like Alex Witzel is one of them. Okay. Um, so he's obviously going to be speaking to them. He's in the World Cup squad with them. Um, it's. I think it's purely down to maximising the amount of money he can from the final years of his career because he knows, due to the injuries, due to the pain he's in, he can't go much more than he is. Um, I I would be shocked if he if he signs for a club in a very competitive league. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you, you can't blame him either. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a really sad thing that that he it looks like he's gonna he's going to leave. But yeah, yeah we've 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 got some great years out out of him, and yeah, it, it, we just, we're, we're not gonna we won't have the same. You know, if he no. was to stay, we wouldn't have that same Dembele that we've had no, for the last we, few years. I I think this season was kind of you could really see the decline. 
in in him as the season wore on because he played more games. Um, I would possibly have liked him to be here for a season with a player coming in, Dembele playing less, the young player playing, you know, as the season wore on, Dembele passing the torch, if you like. But I think that's kind of a an old-fashioned way of doing things, if you see what I mean. Yeah. The old guard going out, the new guard coming in. Uh, in reality, in the financial business world of football, this season we can get between 20 and 30 million for him. Next season we can get next to nothing. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's got to be done. Yeah. Um, Transfers-wise then, I mean, really the two concrete things seem to be Toby and Musa leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel for Jan. He's going to be the, the sole Belgian standing. Oh. Um, I don't think he cares actually the bloke you know although I think Moussa Dembele is one of his oldest friends but uh, Jan for me I, I think he's quite happy um, yeah transfers coming in you you, we talked about a marquee signing and things like that the name that is getting bounded around a lot is Anthony Martial what's your opinion on that one yeah I'd love to have him at the squad I, th- I think uh, under Pochettino he'll, he'll, he'll just improve and be a great player I mean that's the thing. Like a lot of people are talking about the fact that with Mourinho, it's quite difficult to play under him. Like you know, and, and he yeah. he's he seems to be getting more and more difficult. You know, because um, you know you look in the especially you know you look in the in the past when he was winning um, the Champions League with Porto and what he was doing with Chelsea. I don't think he's that he's that kind of manager anymore. And I think what's happened is his um, his kind of arrogance is almost over, almost over, overtaken him, you know, in, in a way. And he, he, I guess if you've won as much as he has as well, it, is the hunger still there? And whereas with Pochettino, you know, with with the coaching methods he's got and the hunger that he's got, I think he could turn him into an absolutely amazing player. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he could be excellent. I. I don't think it's a deal that's ever going to be able to happen, though. Um, I realise that that sounds negative, but I just don't think Man United will sell him to us. You don't think uh, it's a swap deal for Toby? No, I don't think so. I, no. I think Man United would rather pay the cash. They've got the money to burn. They would rather spend seventy-five million or seventy million to get Toby and sell Martial abroad for like thirty and take a hit than yeah. sell him to us. I think. Do you think? Um, I I realise that's going to wind fans up so much. Like, well. They won't do business with us because we're a rival, but we're selling to them. Honestly, you've got to try and put that to one side and just think of it from a business point of view. Toby is now a dead weight in the squad. He doesn't want to be there. Forget the interviews where he's saying, oh, it's down to Tottenham. I don't mind staying. That's nonsense. The bloke's mentally checked out on us the minute the contract negotiations went downhill. And if he didn't mentally check out, Hock made sure he was checked out because if you're not committed to him and the club, you're dead to him pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um. So Pot doesn't want him at the club now. You know, if you're not buying into this, if you're not on board, go. And from a club point of view, I know the relationship broke down to the point that Toby's father, one of his, you know, advisors, was banned from the club. Okay. Yeah. You know. Ooh. So behind the scenes, the relationship's completely gone. Ignore the social media team. <laughs> Ignore the silly interviews. The relationship's gone. He is going. Now, yeah. if Manchester United are willing to give us 70 million for a 29, 30 year old defender who has had two serious hamstring injuries in the last two years, then thank you very much. You've been leaving. <laughs> well, no, just thank you very much. He will probably have another good two to three years at a very good level. But 
there is a real risk he'll break down because yeah. you know like a used car salesman here we're literally packaging him up yeah he's fit yeah. he's good to go look he's at the world cup um honestly it's... for me I, I i have to compartmentalize it because if i put the emotion of being the fan into this it's like hell no no sell him to paris Saint-Germain for a fiver rather than do this yeah but the reality is we have to compartmentalize that and go okay just as a business then they're willing to give us 70 million for him think what the club could do with the 70 million yes we might not be able to drag martial from from man united but that 70 million could fund someone or two someones that will greatly improve our squad. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the thing is with, with Toby, he, he is an absolutely awesome central defender. He's he is. one of the best in the world. But it's like you say, it's that risk. And it, it's a bit like the, with the Dembele situation, isn't it? You it know, is. Dembele is yeah. an awesome player, but they're, well, they're coming towards the end of their careers and they're not, you know, probably obviously not so much with, with Toby than, uh, than with uh, Musa Dembele, but he's. Toby's a risk, isn't he? He's, a, he's an injury yeah. risk because of those serious hamstring injuries he's had, he you know? So I think it's good, really good business. And it, like, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a sickener that he's going to Man United. But again, like you say, if we can use that money to put towards a... You know, and a and that, of... that is where I fear we will fall down. And that is where the fans have been burned before. And that is, they, if we sell him to Manchester United... Will we see that money go back into the team, or you know, the the whole Livy profits before glory thing is that's where people will be angry mm. if they see him sold for seventy million and they see two top quality or one world class signing come in for around that money, then I think everyone will be like, that's why we sold him. Yeah. That's why we took top whack from. Man United, and that's why we did it. Yeah. Um, if you don't get that, and we've basically taken seventy million, and we've signed a kid from the French league called N could nobody, <laughs> um, and we've spent twelve million on him, and we've gone, yeah, he could be the next Toby as central defence, and everyone goes, really? Yeah. Then, then yeah, I, I think the criticism would be really, really valid. Yeah. Um, if we take the 70 million and we invest it wisely in one or two very good players that improves the team, then I think people will be okay. Yeah, I agree with you, definitely. Um, Transfers-wise, rumours-wise, there's loads. I mean, it's still ridiculous. It's absolute silly season. <laughs> the one that won't go away and is the one that I think is going to be there until he signs for somebody else or signs a new deal is Gareth Bale. Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it, where... My heart says it's not going to happen, or my head says it's not going to happen. But my heart, my heart is saying, "Please let it happen." <laughs> would you, would you genuinely welcome him back? Do you I, think I, he would fit into Pochettino's team? Yeah, it, 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 do you know what? I don't even look at that. I just look at just the impact of Gareth Bale coming back to Spurs. I just look at that as a, as a just a kind of like you know, fitting him into the team. Yeah, it could be difficult, you know, especially with the yeah. midfield that we've got. But just having Gareth Bale back, having a guy that just did so much for us, you know, and yeah. he's, he's, he's just, it, it would be like Ginola coming back in his, you know, in his sort of like, yeah, it's just, Ginola in his prime was yeah, something else. Bring him back. Like, I just, just, yeah, even, even like, if imagine if David Ginola's 31 now and yeah. people like, bring him, yeah, bring him back, bring him back, you know, it doesn't matter if he doesn't fit into the team, just bring him back, you know, it's one of them yeah. signings um, that would just excite the team and get the, Get 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 the fans really excited. The, you know? the real the thing with Bale that I've always said is the main reason it had never happened is the money side. 
Now, according to an article in The Independent, and it was a long, well-researched article, they claimed that Gareth Bale's money in Spain after all these different things and everything like that could be affordable for Tottenham, right? Okay. So The Independent did this big thing, and they reckon that the money side... The big issue, therefore, for me would be around the transfer fee. Mm. I cannot imagine in any world or realm of possibility that Daniel Levy will pay to Real Madrid what he got for Gareth Bale. Oh, that's never going to happen, no. And never. that is what they're asking for. Mm. They want eighty million for him yeah. pounds. If I think Man United would pay that for him, and he'd earn a lot more there than he would from us. The thing that keeps getting banged around in the press in Spain is that Gareth Bale wants to go back to Tottenham. Okay. I don't believe it. No. Uh, he was a Southampton Academy kid. He came to Spurs. He forced his way out of Spurs to get to Real Madrid. Um, you know, he refused to go training, things like that. People forget all of that. He got the move he wanted. He's been there. He's won trophies. He's earned a fortune. He's lived in Spain for all this time. Um, I think if he wanted to go back to a club for nostalgia and not earn mega money, it'd be Southampton. Yeah. And I think if he wanted to come back and finish his career in the Premier League, earning decent money and trying to win the Premier League, he's going to go to Man United. Yeah, that's the thing. We 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 forget, don't we, that you know you look at someone, say for example, Harry Kane. If it was the same situation with Harry yeah. Kane, you could imagine him coming back, can you? But yeah, there's no yeah. kind of where, where where is the kind of the sentiment with Spurs? We, you know, he played for us for a few years, but like you say, he was a Southampton boy when he first yeah. started. You know, He's a, we were a stepping stone for him mm. to go on the bigger, better things. Which is is a, as a passionate fan, it's hard to think in that direction. But again, just thinking of it as cold business decision. Um, I, I just cannot see it happening, but people are obsessed with it. People just won't let it go. And what that op- what that ultimately means is, no matter what we saw, who we sign, what we do, I think people are going to be disappointed. Yeah, but that that kind of that actually feeds into my, you know, what I was saying to you about that. It's not even where he fit into the team. It's just having like you know, the thought of having him back is just get so many fans, so, Spurs fans, kind of forget Bale a minute. Is there another player in world football we could sign that you think would be an absolute, oh my, how have we signed him? This is a game changer. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of great players out there, but it's just, it's the wages, isn't it? That's the thing. And I know we've kind of lifted the ceiling now, but no. I don't think there'll be another, you see, I always think back of when, when we signed Klinsman and yeah. it was just unreal. Like, But I can't see us, I can't see us doing that again. I don't know what your thoughts are. The but... last, the last world class signing for me, established world class signing, was Van der Vaart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love think, that guy. Anyway, a massive apologies if I'm doing a huge disservice to someone we've signed, but Van der Vaart for me, when I saw we pulled that deal, I mean, I was in shock. It's like, I'm sorry, what we've signed. We've signed who? For eight million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, you know, I know Real Madrid have absolutely taken us to the cleaners for players afterwards, but my word, was yeah. that a bargain of the oh, century? Yeah, and he loved it yeah. with us. I mean, he, st- he still loves guy, us now, doesn't he? Yeah, massively. You can tell absolute love, and he loved scoring against Arsenal. He mm. got it. He understood the significance. He, he absolutely loved his time with us and I watched him play and it was just a joy I don't think I enjoyed watching a player more yeah 
Yeah, just um, yeah, I can't think of another established world class player that we have signed since him. No, you're and right. And that's kind of sad. Mm. When you look, when you look at the clubs we're up against, when you look at the teams that are around us as our rivals, and you look at the players they have signed, they are not signing people and hoping they'll develop. They yeah. are signing people that are there and yeah. are already classed as the next step. The finished article, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we however aren't doing that. Now that's the model we followed for years and the argument could be, well, we are where we are doing that model, why change it? We've not won a trophy in a long time. I think to take that next step, Pochettino himself said we need to be brave and I think we do need to be brave and I do think we need to sign somebody who that is. I don't think it's going to be Gareth Bale. Sorry, everybody. I don't. I'd love it to be genuinely. And I and I was someone months ago who was saying, "Hell no!" You know, you're you're thinking in the past signing Bale. You're thinking of the lad who left us. He was phenomenal. He's not the same player now. But I watched that Champions League final, and the guy we we admin with Dan kept saying to me, "He's a match winner. He can take the ball and he can win you a game." Absolutely spot on, and that's what yeah. we're lacking. He did that because, so many. He did that so many times for us when he was with us, didn't he? Massively, but if you combine that with the threat of Kane, the threat of Danny running in behind, Ericsson being able to thread the ball through, and you've got a player like Bale, Bale or a player like him who's able just to pick the ball up, if you give him space, he's going to smash it past you for 30 yards. If you close him down, he's going to thread it through to Kane, who's going to slot it past the keeper. That's the that's the big thing. That's the difference maker we're we're missing. I think mm, that's probably what Pochettino has identified, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that is the the one step, the one thing that takes us in those games against Juventus, Man United, where they just shut shut us off. We were trying to play through them. You want a player who's going to draw them out, a bail yeah. who 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 will just hit one from 40, 30 yards into yeah. the top corner, yeah. Yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah. You know, a Ronaldo, a Messi, people of that ilk who have just got the ability to do it, and yeah. you just nothing you can do. Mm. Um, we as a club have been trying to uh, find, unearth, and coach that into somebody. I think to take the next step, we need to sign somebody who can do it. Yeah. So we shall see. We, we shall see. see. Um, the final part of the podcast uh, this week is going to be the comments section. So uh, I have theme music. I have theme music for everything, by the way. So I'm just going to hit that now. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, so the comment section is very sparse this week. We have two comments. One from a Daniel Beecroft. Uh, he's a very fresh-faced young man. <laughs> he could do with a beard, I think. Uh, Daniel says, um, about time regarding the new contracts and the pay rises. Yes, Dan, we covered that. The Jack Grealish rumour, please. Any truth? Uh, apparently, yes. Yeah, Sky Sports reckon we put a bid in. 15 million. Um, yeah. Uh, typically, if they've said that, they've been given a heads up from somebody. So... Yeah, it's a typical Daniel Levy offer, really. Oh, you've got a uh, financial trouble. Yeah, sure. Here's fifty p. He must be um, really good at poker, Daniel Levy, must he? <laughs> I mean, I, people must hate him. All joking yeah. aside, I mean, really hate him. Yeah. Um, and we got a comment from Alan Bat. 
If we have to play a couple of home games at Wembley, can we arrange for one of them to be wet spam stop them from sullying our shiny new stadium? <laughs> Alan, honestly, but... having a go at West Ham, shocking. <laughs> They're not worth the time. Just focus on clubs that matter. Just let them focus on us. Yeah, bless them. Nah, just <laughs> let, let, let them have their day in the sunshine. No, um, but yeah, going back to Jack Grealish, I mean, that's the only other rumour really kicking around about us at the moment. I, I'm i really on the fence about that. I, I can see the kid, the talent in the kid, but I just, he seems to have a real attitude. Um, he's apparently really good friends with Deli Alley. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know. And and Deli Alley's got, uh, it's not always quite well known for having a bit of an attitude as well, so maybe that's why they hit off. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Um, <laughs> the end, I. Pochettino has earned, I think, the trust, or should have earned the trust of Spurs fans. And if he's turned around and said, if we can sign that kid, I want him, then I think we got to go with that. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't turn out the way we hope it will, then it doesn't. But at the end of the day, Poch has to live and die by his decisions. And if he genuinely thinks that this kid's going to be something he can go forward with then we got to let him run with it. You wonder as well, because obviously Aston Villa are having their um, their problems financially, yeah. you wonder whether it's just a kind of a chance bid by Levy. You know, it's, it's opportunistic. Yeah, opportunistic, sure. yeah. yeah. It's got to mm. be, because they are having their problems. It's well documented, uh, 15 million. If I was them, I'd tell Levy to go fourth and multiply. Um mm. And I think Daniel will go back with an improved offer, you know, 15 million plus a Jermaine Genus bobblehead. <laughs> Um, Brilliant, but but he will. He'll, he'll just keep doing it. The kid wants to go. Um, yeah. The kid's agent apparently has said the Sky Sports News are oh, very keen to work at Tottenham. Very keen to work under such a good manager. Um, so the kid's going to be saying to him, "Look, I want to go." They need the money. Um, they will be trying to hold on, hoping another club will come in and create a bit of a bidding war. Apparently, Chelsea were interested mm. in him. Um, a couple of others. Uh, it's one of those things where. If we miss out on him, the only reason why people are going to be annoyed is because they feel like we tried and failed. Um, if we land him, I think people are going to have to give the kid a bit of time. Um, it's very different playing for your club. You've come through the academy to then go to Spurs and you know make a Deli Alley impact is going to be damn near impossible. Yeah, so of course. people are going to have to be a little bit patient and we'll just see where we go from there. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting if we do sign him. It'd be interesting for me where he's going to play. I mean, I watched him play for Villa in the in the um, the playoff final, and he was like a number ten, uh, you know, like an attacking midfielder, almost Delhi esque. Mm. He, he likes to beat people, which I enjoy. Um, I'm wondering if Pox looking at him, thinking, well, he can play deeper and be a box to box midfielder, because that's how we saw Ross Barkley. Um, that's why we wanted him. He thought of Ross Barkley as the Dembele replacement, a big built lad who you can't get the ball off of. Who's going to go box to box? Yeah, sure. Um, whereas Barkley, you know, at Everton was kind of this number ten playmaker, um, and of course now he's at Chelsea and he's a bench warmer. <laughs> uh, what a great career move that was! I know. Good. Yeah, advice well. <laughs> I have never understood that. Um, yeah. I, I realise agents and advisors are pushing them to the money and and when you've got a lot of people in your ear you can be influenced but it doesn't take a genius to look when you're a young English player where are you going to get what's your better chance of getting games yeah, of Chelsea, Man City or a Tottenham 
yeah. or, you know, or a club of that ilk. Mm. It doesn't take a genius, and yeah, okay, I'll earn an extra fifty grand a week there, but I'm going to be sat on my ass the yeah, whole time. Exactly, a waste of career. Um, yeah, it's sad. I mean, I, yeah. for him, because I quite like Ross Barkley as a player. I, I hope next season injuries gone, he has a good season for him and maybe get some games. But that club's a mess at a minute. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, their owners being investigated for this, that, and the other. Finally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Just I don't I don't care about Chelsea enough to really talk about it. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matt. I mean, that's basically it. That's our second podcast. Fantastic. Um, we we've put the world to rights. Um, I think we've covered everything we needed to cover. I've just had a very quick look on Twitter just to make sure they've not announced like some mega signing whilst we've been recording. Sadly, no. Oh, Gareth Bale mind. is still in Madrid. Well, um, so... <laughs> yeah, so early. It's only early. Yeah, it's only early. (laughs) Things can change. Uh, But okay, man. So, uh, I mean, I don't know when we'll get the recovery to record. We might uh, give it a week and and see where we are. Uh, You never know what events are going to happen in the world of Tottenham Hotspur. So, if there's enough to say, we'll get together next week and put out a third. Yeah, fantastic. Sounds good. All right, then, my friend. Uh, Great talking to you. A big thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. And remember, to dare is to do. It's all over. It is now.